Welcome to Life Church Online. We are so happy that you decided to tune in to our weekly service. Make sure to check out our Life Church app at the Apple Store or visit us online at lifecc.com so you can stay up to date on all that's happening at our church. We pray you enjoy the message and have a blessed week. Good morning, church. How are you today? Woo-hoo. So good to see you. Hey, let's just welcome our guests. Let's clap for our guests. We're so glad you're here. We love it when people come visit with us and we welcome you to our house and want to invite you to come back and be with us. Before I go into my message, I want to begin with prayer today because there is a, a, an awful war happening in Ukraine and uh, Russia has invaded, as you know, for I think we're at day 12 or 13, somewhere in there. Uh, how many days? 11 days. So, um, so we want to pray according uh, to that. There's, um, you know, so much to pray for when it comes to that. There are Christians both in Russia and in Ukraine. We want to lift the churches up there. Uh, the people in both Russia and Ukraine are against war. Um, there's a president, Putin, who is a dictator and he is extending his power when he shouldn't. And it's just creating, you know, the worst of situations. Humanitarian crisis is, is already begun, but it'll only be worse and worse over the coming weeks and months. And um, as a church, we will partner with some organizations and we'll start uh, giving us opportunity to, to sow into some organizations that will be on the ground to help uh, with uh, the humanitarian side of it. But, um, but one of the things that we can do is pray. And so together as a church, let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can gather today here and have our hearts uh, touched and moved by the circumstances and the images that we're seeing around the world. And Father, I pray first for the people that are in Ukraine that are suffering under this barrage of attack and, and bombs and explosions and gunfire and uh, Father, there are, there are young men and, and, and women and children that are losing their lives. And so, Father, we just ask, Father, for mercy upon all of them. We, we lift up the churches and the Christians in, uh, that are in both Russia and in, and in Ukraine. God, and I ask that you would just have uh, compassion on them, that you would strengthen them through this. Uh, God, I ask that uh, there would be some sort of remarkable stories that we hear um, because your presence and you just guided, protected your people, Father. Lord, I lift up uh, President uh, Putin to you, Father, uh, not in a way of um, honor, but God lifting up to you that you would uh, turn his heart, God. Uh, Lord, that you would change him from the direction that he's going and take him in a different direction in life. And God, I pray that you would turn his heart, God, and he would move away from this, this evil attack and Lord, that you would turn him back and he would, he would have a change of heart. God, I pray in some way you would have an encounter with his heart, God, and he would, he would experience you, God, and you would turn him back in, in into a better way. God, my prayer also is though, if he will not turn, God, that you would create circumstances like you did for Pharaoh and there would be miraculous events that would turn him away, God. Lord, do your work one way or another. We ask that you would turn him back. And so, Lord, we pray for those things. And so, Lord, we lift it up to you today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 
Amen, church. Amen. Amen. Well, we're in a series called Pivot, and so I'm pivoting off of those very difficult times into a message that I believe has been pivotal for us as a church, and we're talking about pivot. It's the concept of this series has been about how to navigate the disruptions of life and still find a way forward. I was reminded of our church when we met in the mall for a number of years, and then the ownership of the mall changed and they canceled our contract. And so we had to pivot to find a new way forward for our churches. That's how we wound up here. And so we pivot. We, we always believe that God has a new way forward and that's what pivot is all about. I'm aware that in many situations in your life, my life, our world, there's so many reasons for us to know how to pivot so that we can keep moving forward. Today, my sermon title is Pivoting from the past, pivoting from the past. It's about letting go of some things that are holding us back from moving forward. Our walk with God will require us to let go of some things of the past. Uh, the Bible teaches us that we have to let go of old patterns and old habits and old natures. Uh, the Bible talks about that we are now a new creation in him, but we have to put off our old self. We have to put off our own, our old patterns and our old behaviors and, and put on this new life in Christ. And so there's a part of letting some things go so that we can go forward into what God has for our life. So it works in a spiritual sense, but it's also a very practical message about letting go. I remember when I was um, a little younger, we had younger children, kind of first married, and I was able to play a lot of golf on my dad's bill back then, which was great. Uh, he had a membership, so I got to play a lot of golf. But um, it began to interfere with parenting because I was spending more too much time on the golf course when I needed to be, you know, at home doing other things. And so, so I made a decision that I would put away the golf clubs so that I could do something greater with my life and invest and be present in my children's life. And so there are seasons that we have to put away some things so that we can pursue the best in our life and we have to put some things away. It's a principle we read in the Bible about putting things away. There's even a principle for newlyweds. It talks about leaving and cleaving. And so there's things you have to leave behind so that you can cleave to your spouse. And so so there's a lot to learn when it comes to putting some things away, pivoting from our past so that we can pursue all that God has for our life. So I want to begin with a couple of scriptures today. First out of the book of Luke chapter 14, verse 25. And the Bible says that one day when large groups of people were walking along with Jesus, with him, it says, Jesus turned and he said to them, he said, anyone who comes to me, but refuses to let go. Would you say that with me? Let go. One, two, three. Anyone who refuses to let go of father, mother, spouse, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even one's own self, he says, can't be my disciple. So he's making a huge statement about letting go here. And basically he's teaching us that, that anything that holds us back from being completely devoted to God must go. We must lay those things down. And we need to have the capacity, the, the understanding of the principle of, of laying some things down, of, of pivoting from our past so that we can be a disciple and so that we can move forward and walk with God. So there'll be things in mind in your life that, that are like habits and, and mindsets and even relationships and 
And these are things that, that we'll have to let go of so that we can move forward with our walk with God. Another scripture, the Apostle Paul, he is writing. It's a pretty famous verse. You've probably heard of this. Philippians 3.13, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, he said, I have, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. And so what he's saying is, is I know God has a future for me. I know he's got a plan for me. And he's like, I'm so focused on what God has for me. And he said, but this is how I'm going to get it done. This is the only way I can move forward. He said, I have to forget the past. There are some things in Paul's past that he can't take with him into his future. There are some, some, some old patterns and, and mindsets, even in the apostle Paul. And he's like, I have to lay those things down so that I can look forward to what lies ahead in my life. And so as a principle for me to share with you today, and I would have you to maybe jot this note down as we get started, but what is behind you is not as significant as what's ahead of you. And that's what Paul was teaching, that what is ahead of Paul, he was like, I, I'm not going to let the past hold me back because as good as it may have been, and I want to say to you, there's so many things that are even good that we have to let go of. Not everything had to be, you know, the worst of times for us to want to let go of it. But there are seasons when God says, hey, that was good for that season, but now you're going to have to turn to move into something else. And I want to say to you that what is behind you, as good or bad as it is, God has something great that's ahead of you. He has more for you in life. And I found that growth always spiritual growth, any kind of growth always requires us to reach forward for things. Like we have to be able to step into new places. We want to grab a hold of what God has for us in the future. We have to step into the, the promises of God. If you want to reach the next level of whatever God has for you, there's a, there's a, a stretching forward. There's a place of faith that we say, God, I'm, I'm ready to move out of this old way, this old comfort zone into something that may feel uncomfortable, but trusting that it's better. And I want you to know that God has better for you. Now, I don't say that with just lip service to make you feel good today. I believe that God has better for you coming ahead. I don't say you have to say that prophetically. The Bible teaches us that, that God is always moving his people forward. He always has bigger, better, brighter days ahead. God has good things in store. He has good things ahead for my life, for your life, for our church. There's always in God a new, better, brighter day ahead. Let me prove it to you. I'll read you a few scriptures, not on the screen. Proverbs 4.18 says, The path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter. The path of the righteous. So God has brighter and brighter days for his people. The Bible says in Psalm 84, 7, that God blesses us to go from strength to strength. Like God wants to move you forward and make you stronger and stronger in life. John 1, 16 says that, that we receive grace upon grace. Like it's just always progressing in the kingdom of God. When we serve God, he has better days. There is always something in front of us that we can look forward to. That's why I can say with confidence that God's best days are still ahead for you. They're still ahead for me. And so I, I want to look forward to those things. But there's something equally as important as looking forward. And Paul says that there's something we have to let go of. First, there's some things we have to, to drop and, and, and 
turn away and pivot from so that we can move into what God has for us. So I want to take us to a story in the Old Testament. In my opinion, probably the most illustrative way to understand letting go and not allowing our past to prevent us from moving forward. So it's a story about the Israelites. So the Israelites are God's people. And the point of the story where we're picking up in the story of the Israelites is they are now held in captivity. So they, they've been uh, made slaves to, to Pharaoh. And so the reason they became slaves to Pharaoh was that a famine was going to come into the whole land. Pharaoh, in his wisdom through Joseph, they stockpiled large amounts of grain. And so they, they just had tons of grain. So when the famine came, everyone ran out of food. They ran out of their natural resources. And so they had to choose to go buy grain from Pharaoh. And so they went to Pharaoh and as they began to buy grain, it caused Pharaoh to have more power, more wealth, more power, more wealth. And the people continued to buy and they fueled a dictator's power. Now, Pharaoh was a dictator. They didn't vote on him. He was like, I am the, the king and I do what I want to do. And so they funded him. And at some point, as with any dictator, if you fund them long enough, they'll overextend their reach and they'll use their power to bring others under their control. That's how it always works. That's how it happened for the Israelites. So they became under the control. They were held slaves in bondage to Pharaoh. Can I make a little parallel today? Just a, just a quick parallel. I think it's important to sometimes understand scriptures are so relevant to what we see today. Today we have a situation where Europe and America have been buying a natural resource from Russia. Matter of fact, I read this morning just to confirm that America buys over 20 million barrels of oil a day from Russia. So what we're doing is funding a dictator. We are lining his pockets and creating in him more power to the point that he then found himself emboldened to use that power to bring others under his control. And the thing that really bothers me about this is that for the United States, it's unnecessary. The Israelites had no choice because they didn't have any natural resource of grain. America has oil. But somewhere along the way, leadership made a decision that rather than building upon what we have, let's buy from another. And it has placed us in a position to where as he has overextended his reach, Putin, into Ukraine, it has also brought us into a level of bondage because you've noticed the gas prices have been skyrocketing. And so we have become dependent on a dictator rather than self feeding ourselves with what we have. And so I say that for a couple of reasons. One is just to show you that scriptures is always relevant to today, but also to understand that as leaders, if we don't learn from our past, we'll repeat the future. And as leaders, we want to hopefully have men and women who 
have some understanding of scriptures along the way. And so that when they make decisions, they make decisions that look more like what the scriptures would teach us. And they would learn because the Bible teaches us about how to do life, teaches them how to do government, teaches us everything. And we want leaders that will respond that way. If not, we find ourselves in difficult situations. Amen, church. Amen. All right, so that's a parallel. Let me take us back to where we are today. The Israelites are in bondage to the Egyptians and God had a bigger and better plan for them as he always does. He always has more. The Bible says that God had a, a, a land for them. Uh, we call that land today the promised land because it was a promise for them, a place for them to where they would be able to inhabit and they would have a place where they could live for generations and generations and they would have all of the natural resources they ever needed out of this land. And so they had a promised land. But currently they're under bondage and they've been to, they began to cry out for, for help. God heard their, their cry and it's been 400 years in captivity. Finally, God raises up a man named Moses to deliver them out of Egypt. And God creates a series of miraculous events that come against Pharaoh and forces his hand to let the Egyptians go. And so they, they free themselves from, from the control and from the slavery of, of the Egyptians and now they're on this journey. They're out of Egypt. They haven't reached the promised land. They're in the desert. They're in the wilderness. Probably not the easiest conditions, but on this journey, something happened that, that shut down the process for them. And the Bible says they began to complain to Moses about their situation. And they complained about, you know, like, why did we ever leave Egypt? And, and why did we ever follow Moses? And, and they complained about the food and their houses. And they began to complain. The Bible says in Exodus 16, 2 and 3, it says the whole company of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron there in the wilderness. And the Israelites said, why didn't God let us die in comfort in Egypt? Now, doesn't that just sound crazy that they look back at their days of slavery as a place of comfort? Why didn't God let us die in comfort in Egypt where we had lamb stew and the, all the bread we could eat? And they said, you've brought us out in the wilderness to starve us to death, said the whole company of Israel. Their minds somehow, and just and listen, it happens to all of us, but their minds somehow began to look back at, at Egypt as a great place, like a, a great experience for them. They began to say, well, I would rather be back there. I'd rather be back in, in Egypt. I'd rather be as a slave. And, and they, they, they were still linked. They were still focused. They hadn't, they hadn't pivoted forward in their life. And, and there was some kind of like an emotional attachment they had to to Egypt. I would even use a term that sometimes we use in counseling, but we call it a soul tie. Uh, there, there's an emotional binding, emotional uh, place of connection that, that seems so impossible to, to, to be free from. And, and it just keeps them in bondage to the past. But I have good news for you and it's called the cross. And the Bible teaches us that when we give our life to Christ, that the cross is placed between us and our past. And the cross gives us freedom from everything, every bondage that has ever been in our life. And it sets us free from the soul ties and all the emotional connections of our past so that we can move forward into the life that God has for us. That's what the cross does. But they were still focused. As a matter of fact, 
the, the you know, preacher's favorite term or phrase here that we hear often is that the Israelites were out of Egypt, but Egypt wasn't out of the Israelites. And it's true. Uh, they, they had left Egypt, but, but their hearts were still in Egypt. And they looked back at slavery as comfortable, as normal. And what happens to any of us is that familiarity feels comfortable to us, even if it's bad, even if it's not a healthy situation for us, but we get comfortable in it. We, this is just our normal. And instead of choosing to break free from that and step into something new, that often we just go, well, at least I understand this world. At least it's, it, it fits me now. And, and I want to say to you that, that God isn't wanting you just to to fit within a, a broken place in your life. He wants you to be free from that. He wants you to pivot away from that into something so much better for your life. The journey for the Israelites should have been weeks and months to get from Egypt to the promised land. But because that they, they had this, you know, complaining and this they, they hadn't been set free from their past and they didn't trust God for the future. They, 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 instead of taking weeks and months, it took them 40 years. It took God 40 years to get Egypt out of them. 40 years. Pivoting from the past is, is a necessary step for all of us to step into our future. And God has so much more for us. When we don't pivot from our past, then we end up settling for for things that are just not as, 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 as good or, or as best that God has for us. You know, maybe you're in a, a relationship with a, a boyfriend and, and you know, he's, he's all right. He's all right, but, but he's not who God called you to be with, but, but it's just comfortable and I'll just settle here. Some of you may need to say goodbye to it. We settle. Maybe there's a job and, and, and you've, you know that, that in some capacity that, that you've reached your, your, your fullness of that job and, and you know that God has something, another job, but you've been afraid to apply to it. You're like, I just, I've been here for a long time. I know I can do this job. If I apply, I don't know if I can do that as well. And, and so you, you settle. People settle for things when they don't trust God that he has more for you. Sometimes we just miss out on the better. Sometimes we, we grow bitter when we get stuck in our past. And, and even when we know there's more, we'll just grow bitter. It's kind of like the Israelites. They began to complain. They were just complaining about it. Listen, if you're complaining about something all the time, there may be something in your life you need to let go of so that you can move into the better that God has for you. The Israelites, they were close, but they were still so far away. In my notes I have for you today, you can jot this down, but... I cannot move forward while holding on to the past. I cannot move forward. You cannot go forward while still clinging to the past. We all have a promised land, but all of us have an Egypt in our life. All of us have something that we have to pivot from. There's something in your life, in my life, something that God wants you to lay down, something that, that you need to give up or you need to let go of so that you can fully give your life to Jesus Christ and serve him with your whole heart. Let me give you just a few examples so it's really practical, just so you can, you can find a way to apply this message so that it's not for your friend, but it's for you, okay? So um, 
maybe you need to pivot from a relationship. I mentioned that a minute ago, but, but it's so true that sometimes we'll have a, like a group of friends and, and they're good people. I mean, just wonderful folks, you know, they're good hearted. And I'm never saying that we'd like just turn our back on people, but I'm saying to you that if you are in a gang of buddies and they have a different set of values than you have, then they're going to drag you and keep you in that value system rather than into the, the values in the way of God. And so there are times we have to evaluate others' values so that we can move forward in what God has for us. And so if you're linked into a group and they're not going where God's taken you, then you have some decisions to make. Relationships. Maybe there's habits or distractions that are keeping you from serving God in, in a capacity that God has for you. Maybe it's something, you know, like lying or exaggerating the truth. It's, it's the Instagram world. You know, Instagram's a whole lie because no one is ever as good as their pictures say they are. And it's just stretching it out. And, and, we, and we sometimes maybe have those habits of, of just making our story sound better than it really is. Maybe there's a place in you that, that, that you need to work on in that area. Maybe for you, it's not lying, but maybe it's, it's in the area of like overeating or maybe it's overspending in your life. And maybe that's holding you back from what God has for you. Maybe, maybe it's in the area of drinking too much or maybe it's just going to places that, that, that are keeping you out too late at night and you're too tired for church the next day and you know, whatever it may be. For many people that live in Wilmington, not this church because you're here, but they'll choose the beach instead of going to church. And so I applaud you. You guys are awesome. You came to church. There's plenty more daylight for, for the beach. But distractions hold us back. What holds you back from all that God wants to do in your life? Maybe it's your devotion time with God. Maybe for you, it's, it's you know, you get up in the morning and, and instead of going to spend some time with God, you, you flip on the news and, and, you know, just, and, and you, you hear it and you get hooked into the news cycle. And before you know it, oh, I got to run out the door and go to work. And so maybe there's some patterns and, and habits and things that we need to, to lay down. Maybe as I keep pressing in on this a little bit, maybe there's an event or some sort of something that has happened in your life that is that has caused some pain in your life, maybe even a deeper wound in your life, but maybe it was from a job loss and, and it really just kind of wrecked your heart and your confidence. And maybe, maybe it was a hurt from a friend. You know, sometimes we get hurt from those that are closest to us. And, and, and I just want to encourage you that, that if you've ever been hurt from someone, the, the worst thing you can do is to live in unforgiveness over that situation. Unforgiveness just anchors you back to that situation and you'll relive it over and over. There has to be a day that you, you forgive and you say, you know what, bless them, but I'm not gonna live in that pain of my past and I'm going to pivot because God has more for me than whatever that was. And so we have to move forward. We need to pivot. And when we do, I want to show you a couple things that God will do. I want to take you to the book of John. Because when we pivot, God has, has things for you. When you pivot, God has such a, a great you know, future ahead of you. So in this story, I want to read you out of the book of John, chapter 6. This is verses 9 through 13. And it's about a time when Jesus was, was speaking and, 
and a large crowd of people had gathered to hear him speak. And it was getting late at night and the disciples wanted to send everyone home because there was no food for them to eat. And so Jesus begins to say, well, let's, let's us feed these people. And so this is where the story picks up. It says that the disciple says, well, there is a, a young boy here with, with five barley loaves. So lots of carbs. He was a carb kid. He, he had lots of carbs. Uh, I'm working on my carbs, church, so it's on my mind. When I read that, I was like, man, I love bread. But um, bread's full of carbs. So, but he had five, five loaves of carbs and, and two fish. And I was thinking about the story because... Because here we have this young boy who, who so I guess his mama packed him a lunch. You know, God bless moms, you know, um, gave him his, his, his lunch. And, and he had gone on his journey to go hear Jesus. And he had his little, you know, his little bag of, of bread. And, uh, you know, just she, she took care of him, you know. Good job, mom. But somehow all those other people showed up and their mama didn't give them any food. And, and they were, they were going to be hungry and so Jesus is like asking the disciples, well, we need, we need something to, to multiply. I need something to bless. And so they found this little boy with the, the you know, the, the lunchbox with his, with his bread and his fish. And so Jesus then said to him, verse 10, he said, tell everybody to sit down. And so they all sat down on the grassy slopes and it says there were 5,000 men, meaning equally that many women and children. So probably like 15,000 people are there. And it says, Jesus took these loaves. And, and I want you to listen to this. He took the loaves and he gave thanks to God. And I began to wonder, did Jesus give thanks to God for the bread? Or did he give thanks to God for a young boy who gave the bread? Did he, did he look at the, the young boy and go, that's a heart. That's someone with faith that can let go. Someone that can trust me with giving something to him, giving it away. And so I believe that when Jesus said he gave thanks to God, and I'm just saying he gave thanks to this boy who had the courage and the faith to give it to God. And so then it says that Jesus distributed to all the people. And afterward, he did the same with the fish and they all ate as much as they wanted. Then afterwards, everyone was full. And Jesus said to his disciples, now gather all these leftovers up so nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with the scraps by the people that had finished eating. I believe that Jesus gave these 12 baskets to a little boy. And I believe the little boy went home now, not with a little lunch bag, but 12 baskets of, of food. And he walks into his mama and says, guess what mom happened today? Where did you get all that food, son? Well, I gave my fish and loaves to Jesus and he multiplied it. And now our family has food, not for just today, but for the weeks ahead. And so when we give, when we lay it down, I want you to know that sometimes letting go feels like a loss, but in the kingdom of God, it's a gain. It's a gain. God can multiply and so if you're thinking about holding on to something, you're like, man, I need to keep gripping this thing. I want to tell you that the holding on may be preventing you from experiencing something that God has greater for you. One last story. This is out of the book of Mark, chapter 10, verse 49 through 52. 
This is a story when Jesus was walking through the streets of, of Jerusalem and there was a, a blind man. We, we refer to him as blind Bartimaeus and he was a beggar. He couldn't see, so he begged for food and, and he heard Jesus coming and he began to call out. And the Bible says in verse 49 that when Jesus heard him, he stopped and he said, well, well tell him to come here. So they called the blind man, they called Bartimaeus and they said, hey, cheer up, they said. Come on, you know, Jesus, he's calling you. And it says, Bartimaeus then, what did he do? He threw aside his coat. He, he took off something and laid it down. And then he went to Jesus. He, he threw aside his coat. So I did a little research because that caught my attention. He threw aside his coat. And what I read was that in that culture, that when someone had a disability, they would get a, a government issued coat to wear that qualified them to be able to legally beg in the city streets. And so the coat was a representative of how he earned his money. It was his way that, that he was provided for. And so he would wear that coat. And when people would see that, it was, it was a, a trigger for them to go, oh, he's He's someone that has a, a disability in some capacity. And so they would give and support him. And so when Bartimaeus heard Jesus call him, what he did was he, he stood up and he threw aside his coat. He threw aside his confidence in, in an old way of finding provision. He, he threw that on the ground and the Bible says that then he jumped up and he came to Jesus and, and he was asked, what do you want me to do for you? And, and the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, then go, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. And when I read that, I was thinking his step of faith wasn't that he just ran to Jesus. His step of faith was when he took off that coat and he said, I'm not trusting in that another day. I'm trusting in Jesus for a better and brighter future. And so he ran to Jesus. And so letting go is an act of faith that attracts God's supernatural provision into your life. But it's a it's, it's the faith. It's, that's that, that point of letting go is where faith begins. And so today I want to close with what is it that, that God is saying for you by faith to let go of, to, to put down and to say that I'm not going to live in that old zone, that old comfortable spot. I'm ready to move forward. By faith, can you Say, God, I'm ready to, to put that aside so that I can run into the destiny and the dream and the, the promises that you have for me. And so let me park there and pray for you. Father, I thank you that you have promised for every person in this room that there's always brighter and brighter days ahead. But God, with that in mind, all of us have an Egypt, something that we probably need to consider letting go of in a habit, a pattern, a, a mindset, a, a relationship, something that's holding us back. And God, we're here to say, we don't wanna be held back by anything. We wanna serve you with our whole hearts. And so would you just in your own heart right now, maybe 
name that thing that you have to lay down. Make a commitment that you're gonna make a decision to, to not live in that past. And Father, I ask that you'd give us strength and when we do, Lord, I pray that you would, you would just release your, your supernatural favor over us and bring us into what's more. Multiply and do all you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My final moment with you today is for those who are, have never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I'm so honored you came to church but the best thing that could ever happen is that today you say, I choose to follow Jesus. And if you've never made that decision, I wanna give you that opportunity. I wanna finish with a, a verse to set that up. The book of Matthew chapter 418 says, Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, and they were casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. And then Jesus said to them, he said, follow me. And that's what the call is for, for you today. If you've never said, yes, I wanna follow Jesus. That's the call today, follow Jesus. So Jesus said, follow me. And he said, I'll make you fishers of men. In other words, I have a, a, a different purpose for you. Verse 20 says, they immediately left their nets and followed him. They immediately put something down they immediately made a decision that their old life, their old way of, of, of thinking and, and their old maybe way of seeing the law and the old way of, of, of believing in themselves, they, they, they put that down, immediately they left that and they began to follow Jesus. And for many people, they have a, a block between themselves and following Jesus and and for some, it's, it's this, maybe you, you, you knew someone that professed to be a Christian, but they, they acted in a way that was so contrary to, to Christian values. And you looked at that and you said, I'll never be a Christian because I don't want to be like that. And it's become a, a hindrance to you. Maybe you were in a church and in some capacity, the church wounded you, hurt you. There was a failure and, and, and you, you just said, you know what? You know, I, I, I might follow Jesus, but I don't want church. And, and it just has put this wall up between you and following God, following Jesus. But I want to remind you of the disciples. They just said, immediately, I'm laying it down. And today I want to encourage you to immediately lay down anything that's keeping you from following Jesus. And so would you bow your heads in this moment? And if you're here today, would you lift your hand to me and say, I want to follow Jesus today. If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, would you raise your hand to me and say, today, I wanna, I wanna be saved. I want to be a Jesus follower. Is there anybody here? I don't wanna miss your hands. God bless you. God bless you. Let's all pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. I'm sorry for my sins and my past. I turn to Jesus to be saved and forgiven. 
I receive that today. Would you fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I may live for you all the days of my life? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. God bless you, church.